Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 446 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. A bit of a different setup tonight. I'm on location. Matt's remote. We got a lot going on this week here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We'll get into where I'm at in just a little bit. Uh, but if you're watching on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, welcome in to another episode of the pod. We got a lot to get into tonight from the Phils, the Sixers, uh, the Union. And, of course, uh, that team that might just be dead that plays at the Wells Fargo Center, not named the Sixers. Uh, we'll get into all of that. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Casarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out our giveaway. That is our pinned tweet at UndergroundPHI. We're giving away that issue number 22 variant cover of Wolverine with Brian Dawkins on the cover. They just came in uh, this past week, a couple days ago. And to, to my knowledge, Matt had no idea that this was also the case for the comics. They are one of 3000 in existence for the variant cover. So limited edition, Brian Dawkins piece to add to somebody's collection is up for grabs over on our Twitter account. Go check that out. Uh, and of course, Make sure you check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Christian, our uh, in-depth movie guy, has a Thor Love and Thunder review coming out tomorrow. Uh, so make sure you check that out when that drops. And of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel and the podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And of course, on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell icon, hit the like button, Comment down below and share the channel with your friends. Uh, just surpassed the 150 subscriber mark this week. Let's keep that thing rolling. We've got a lot of subscribers rolling in uh, lately, so go check out the YouTube. You get full video episodes of all your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows. And, of course, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. I got my sunglasses here at Episcopal Academy right now outside of Philadelphia. The sun is out. You got to protect your eyes this summer and all year round. Go to TomahawkShades.com. You get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, prescription lenses, and everything in between. And use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer. It's the best beer in Philadelphia. It's the only beer you should be drinking. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny tracker. They've been advertising Matt lately, dropping a lemon in the Kenny. Kenny with lemon might be the drink of the summer. Go check that out at KenwoodBeer.com. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And I am at Episcopal Academy, everybody, because I'm here for the Shootout for Soldiers Philadelphia event. 
their mission is to use lacrosse as a platform to support American veterans and foster community engagement. Started by a group of high schoolers in Maryland in 2012, Shootout for Soldiers has raised over $4 million to support our nation's veterans. Shootout for Soldiers events are an opportunity to educate and connect the civilian and military communities while fostering empathy and understanding. They've been a huge support of everything we do with Outside the Box and everything we're doing with Underground Sports. So shout out to them for having us out here tonight for their Philadelphia event at Episcopal Academy. Matt, we talked about it briefly going into uh, what we knew was impending doom in Toronto for the Philadelphia Phillies. Oddly enough, not as many guys out as we expected, uh, but some of that might have been alleviated by, you know, demotions to AAA, injuries, but only four guys missing the trip, three of which we've dubbed the Bozo Brigade. In uh, unfortunately, our guy Alec Bohm, Aaron Nola, JT Real Muto, who we'll get into in just a bit, and Kyle Gibson also not there, but Kyle Gibson did come out and say that uh, he has not gotten the vaccine due to a medical condition that he has with ulcerative colitis, that the medications he takes does not allow him to properly build antibodies. So we have removed Kyle Gibson from the Bozo Brigade, but the other three uh, just kind of know what they're dealing with, and JT Real Muto, Matt, believes that $260,000 is just a little bit of money. I mean, I guess relative to him, it's a little bit of money to the uh, the everyday person. It's quite a bit of money, I would say. I could do a lot with $260,000, but um, it is frustrating because, uh, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, and here's my hypothetical. Let's say the Phillies make the World Series and they play the Blue Jays. These guys still going to get this? Like, come on. And here's the thing, JT Romuto said, we're not going to talk about hypotheticals. Okay. Why Why would we, of course? Um, it's frustrating, and I think it sucks because it compounds on the injury problems this team already has. You know, you're missing pretty much half your starting lineup now uh, with uh, those guys not being available to play in Toronto. And, uh, you know, Bryce out, Gene out, Gene's been out. You know, Bryce now we've had that. But you've seen this team get cold. Uh, Castellanos has not been able to kind of uh, – carry the load and it's a heavy load to carry at this point when you consider that the guy's unavailable to us and um in a way it feels like a schedule loss you know almost like it's very hard to go to toronto right now and, and win under those circumstances but uh it was a winnable game and also at the same time a game we probably should have lost had a, a heavier loss in um kind of a surprise actually we were in it the way that we were uh, totally dominant pitching performance and I would say also a very ineffective inning performance by the Phillies. Um, surprised that it was as close as it was, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's back-to-back games now dating back to the Monday loss against the Cardinals, where they've had eight or more hits. They had 11 in that Monday Cardinals game, and they can't win a game. Like, that's just unacceptable from this team in particular, knowing the hitting power that they have, how well they've been playing, relatively speaking, over the past couple of months. Um, but this just kind of overemphasizes the fact that at the trade deadline, Dave Dombrowski has to go out and get, you know, outfield help because like you said, Nick Castellanos has been so cold uh, relative to what we know him to be. And I don't know how much of that is playing into he's had to, you know, play the field every day. And it's something that going into the year, he wasn't really prepared for. Um, Not that that's an excuse, but, I think you need outfield help. Matt Veerling should be playing every day in center field, by the way. Um, yeah. And you need starting pitching help desperately because 
you can't go down the stretch, you know, the rest of July, August, September, and just rely on Zach Wheeler, who has been dominant all year long, got snubbed from the All-Star game, um, which I am dying on the hill that Major League Baseball just hates Zach Wheeler. Um, and then Aaron Nola is just the new Cole Hamels where he can't get run support to save his life. You don't have anybody else in this rotation, realistically speaking. You know, Even with Kyle Gibson there, he struggled a lot this year. There's nobody else there behind those two guys who have been horses for this Phillies team that you can rely on in very pivotal games down the stretch, especially in the month of August when you're playing a majority of the NL East. Yeah, so Castellanos is interesting too because he's been getting hits, uh, you know, but it's just like the power has not been there um, and he just hasn't looked threatening. And uh, you look at his like defensive numbers too, not been fantastic. Uh, I don't know what it is with like, we, we we can't get guys to play defense. I don't I I don't understand. Are we blaming this, but, uh, this on him buying Ben Simmons' house? I think maybe we need higher strength stage. That's it. You know, I that's that's the only thing I can think of. But um, you know, you hope he he works through it. I think you're right about the pitching too. Uh, you know, especially Eflin's season. I would say he's nebulous at this point. Feels like we haven't gotten a, a clear update on him, and he's had injuries in the past. Uh, Ranger Suarez, probably fine as a fifth option, but again, dealing with some injury stuff right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's. I think we've we've kind of forgotten that the Phillies are in such a bad way, uh, injury wise. I think we've kind of, I think because the team has been winning, playing well, that we haven't really uh, dove into that, and and especially now with Bryce out, um, you know, you're really feeling Bryce's absence. I would say, uh, in this moment, and. Yeah, it'd be great for Reese to get hot again. If he could, if he could pick it up, <laughs> we we really need like June Reese back. Uh, yeah. That would be fantastic. But you know, I I think it's frustrating. You know, because you lose that card series, and that felt like a, a real opportunity to obviously make up ground in the wild card race. And you know, now you go to Toronto, um, tough place to play given our circumstances. Uh, and then you go to Miami. You know, like it's. It's a bad stretch. House of Horrors. Right, like a, a place historically we just have not done well at. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's. – I'm not saying, like, I'm receding into the shell, but it, it cools off a little bit of the hype, especially when you consider there's no – yeah, outside of, like, obviously, like, JT, Boehm, all, all those guys will be back, you know, for, for Miami. But, um, you know, I, I would say there's no clear, like, remedy coming because the remedy is, like, Bryce being back. Um, I, I would say even Gene being back, you know, hopefully like mid to late August, it seems like he, he could return, um, which is still a long way away. But, uh, you know, like those are the, the kind of things you need and you need some help, obviously, the the trade deadline, which is uh, rapidly approaching. So there's no like quick fix for this team in the moment. You just kind of have to, to ride out was, I, I would say, like an uncomfortable period. It does seem kind of weird, too, because I was thinking about it. as we sit here July 13th. It feels like in years past, there's been more noise around, you know, players that teams are interested in, especially the Phillies on those like lower end players. It's like, oh, yeah, they've had interest in this guy, this guy and that guy. It seems it's like almost too quiet for a Dave Dombrowski trade deadline to me. Um, Obviously, like Andrew Benintendi, who also can't play in Toronto, so he'd fit right in. is a guy that has been linked to the Phillies for outfield help because of his connection with Dombrowski from his time in Boston. Um, But it also feels like not a lot of players are quote unquote being made available 
via trade. Like a lot of people are, it feels like this trade deadline is going to come down to like July 30th, July 31st deals and nothing really is going to materialize before then. I would say one of the, the things with that too is that you look around baseball, there are obviously some bad teams, but there are a lot of teams that I think are going to have to make a very typical decision over the next two weeks about you know the direction of their season and of their team. But you look around, like most divisions, there's at least three teams very much still in, if not the division race, you know, playing for the wild card. Um, some of those divisions have four, five teams. The entire are, AL East now. The entire AL East uh, is like five hundred or better. 500 better or you know would be leading most other divisions or in the divisional rate like yeah you know, it's there's no clear team that's like yeah they're like I said there are bad teams in baseball right now obviously but sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I, I wouldn't. I feel like in years past, there's just been a, a higher number of bad teams. Uh, it feels like there's a lot of like the bell curve this year. Like the average team is a lot wider. Those outliers, you obviously have, you know, uh, like teams like the Yankees, uh, you know, the the Dodgers, you know, still uh, still mashing it. The Mets to a certain extent. Um, but you know, like that middle middle ground is a lot more expensive, I would say, than in years past. At least it seems that way. Yeah, it feels like there's three teams that are like dead in the water right now in Major League Baseball. It's the Royals, the A's, and the Nationals. I'd say the Reds too. Uh, I think that's because they were dead at the start of the season. <laughs> and you, even them, they're like pulling off feet. Your owner telling you to f off and go watch baseball somewhere else. I, you know what? It's kind of. It's like that Matthew McConaughey movie, you know, like failure to launch, I think, was the issue uh, with the Reds. <laughs> and even so, like they're going out and, you know, accomplishing things against the Yankees that no other team has done this year because baseball. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do have another stupid baseball thing uh, because the Phillies finish up their uh, series against Toronto. They just uh, had first pitch right before we went live. Uh, the Blue Jays fired their manager today. Uh, the third manager in baseball to get fired this year, Joe Girardi obviously being the first, Joe Madden the second, and then uh, the Blue Jays firing their manager now. Joe Girardi being the first, and then Joe Madden gets fired after the Angels play against the Phillies. This stat comes from uh, Jason Stark. The Blue Jays fire their manager after playing the Phillies, uh, and then Girardi and the Blue Jays both fired uh, after wins because that's how baseball works. Yeah. They were, uh, what were they? They were like one and nine going in that. They've been, uh, yeah. they've been slumping pretty bad. Um, so change was needed, but I guess <laughs> got over the line, you know, uh, good for them. I, 
the curse very, of the Phillies, I think, is really what this is about. Very wild to fire your manager mid-series. Because I think Madden got fired like right after the Phillies yeah. going into a new one. To fire your manager, like even though it is a two-game series, like very interesting move by the Blue Jays there, who are now two and eight in their last ten. Goddamn Blue Jays! It just like what a rough, what a rough time. Uh, time. One thing that is something about the Phillies this year they've they've been uh, they've been. If you want to fire your manager, play the Phillies. (laughs) Yeah. One thing uh, that is making me nervous going into the All-Star break, though, Matt, it is uh, official Kyle Schwarber in the Home Run Derby. It seems like the entire NL East will be in the Home Run Derby when it's all said and done. Uh, We have six of the eight confirmed participants, four of them from the NL East. Uh, Albert Pujols will be participating, and rookie sensation for the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez, just confirmed today that he will be in. But it is Kyle Schwarber. It is Pete Alonso going for the three-peat, which has only been done by Ken Griffey Jr., Juan Soto, and Ronald Acuna Jr. in the home run derby. Don't care about Pete Alonso. Nobody cares. Um, I, I, yeah, I, Schwarber being in is a little frustrating because there is, I think, a history of guys in the home run derby cooling off afterwards we really like i would love it if it's actually like a historical home run derby if people are hitting like 35 in the first round or something and schwarber does great but he just doesn't make it past the first round you're like he puts up a great show but then that's it and he just kind of gets to cool off like drink body armor or whatever it is off to the side like with some kid or something you know like that's uh that's kind of what i'm hoping for i hope he has a great experience but uh i hope he's not I hope he's not Bobby Abreuing it, you know. Like that's that's what I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, to hopefully happening. Well, when it comes to the home run derby, um, we will be running it back. We did a home run derby stream last year uh, with myself, Pat Pitts, Stephen McAvoy, and my boy DJ Hughes, now uh, co-host of Outside the Box. We are running it back, second annual. Big big bash stream happening uh, on Monday night, and Stephen McAvoy, host of the Get in the Hole podcast, has presented me with a bet, Matt, and it plays into both of our shows. Now, Stephen McAvoy, a notorious Mets fan, being from Long Island, uh, has approached me with this. If Pete Alonzo wins the home run derby, I have to buy him a Pete Alonzo jersey, but... I have to get it shipped to me, and I would have to wear it on the main show. So I'd have to rock the Pete Alonzo jersey on Underground Sports Philadelphia. If Kyle Schwarber wins, he buys me the Schwarber jersey, and vice versa. He will wear it on Get in the Hole uh, before sending it over to me. And then if neither of them win, we kind of just break even, and uh, no jersey will be purchased. But I just need Pete Alonzo to not win. Because I would never forgive myself wearing a Mets jersey on this show. Yeah, well, we could make it happen. I think we can make some. Where's the Where's the All Star game this year? It is uh, at Dodger Stadium, which is a big reason why people think Zach Wheeler has been snubbed, but for the All Star game because Clayton Kershaw is an All Star this year. Sick. It was weird about Zach Wheeler too. It's like he's having just as good of a season as he did last year when 
he should have won the Cy Young, and yet, like, nothing. Nothing for the All-Star game. He's got a 2-4-6 ERA. He's 8-2 this season, and I believe he's on pace to equal or better his strikeouts from last year. Nah. <laughs> All-Star, get him out. No, Kyle, he pitches too many innings. You know that thing that you want pitchers to do? He does Unbelievable. Too much and yet, he's, guys he's like Luis Castillo. He's less efficient over 70 more innings than the guy who won. So Ridiculous. Dumb. And then Luis Castillo from the Reds. Obviously, every team gets a representative, but every single statistical category, Zach Wheeler blows him away. Rule. Let's maybe stop that rule. You know, like, baseball's got a lot of dumb, archaic stuff. I think that's one of them. Not every other sport gets a, an automatic representative. It's nice, but come on. What are we doing? And if, if you're the Reds... It's coming towards the end of his career. I would have just said, hey, can we just put Joey Votto in instead? Or how about this? Um, you send him, you send Castillo, but also send him with his agent. It's like, all right, like uh, just like mingle, like whoever you make, it's like an icebreaker thing. Like whoever you make fast friends with, that's the team we're going to trade you to. So, you know, you yeah, get some everybody time. said, everybody said, uh, Dave Dombrowski can write the ship by trading for Luis Castillo. Yeah. Um, find someone with the same shoe size as you, uh, find someone with the same amount of siblings that you have. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's how you narrow down your trade targets. So, yeah, the all-star game in LA. So it's going to be, you know, bright and sunny at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time when so stupid. The, the the game and the home run derby are happening. Um, so tired. I'm so tired of pandering to the West Coast. How did we get here as a country? It's so ridiculous. We have to watch stuff at like 9 p.m. so some schmucks in L.A. could watch, <laughs> could finish dinner and get right into primetime viewing. I'm sick of it. Well, they'll actually either be watching it on their phones or tablets or Teslas because they'll be stuck in L.A. traffic watching everything. So you know, they're not getting home in time to watch everything. They're stuck on whatever so interstates out there. These people, they like, you know, they exactly. have to wait to watch anyway. Like, what are we doing, man? It's we so need ridiculous. To, we need to get on mountain time. That's what we need. We need. Just, that's the perfect one. Two hours is like nice. I agree. Everything in Denver. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Let's make that happen. I, I hate time zones. Absolute worst. Agreed. They're terrible. Like, more than 50% of the population lives in Eastern time zone in the United States. It, it honestly, I don't, this maybe is going to sound old, man. It has ruined sports viewing for me because I, I just can't stay up till like 1130 on a weeknight. So bad. And watch sports. Like, I just can't. I don't know how people do that. I, like, I really don't. I can't do that really on a weekend. You know, like, whatever. I'll wake up no. whenever I, I need to. Like, it's, it's it's brutal. I'm very That's jealous. That's why I thought, like, anyway. the, uh, the wraparound game against the Cardinals on a Monday. I was like, oh, this will be cool. Maybe it's on at, like, 2.15, you know, whatever. No, regular 7.15 start time on a wraparound series, and you got to go to Toronto the very next day. So stupid. Just terrible. Uh... One trade target I did see that potentially could be available is a pitcher I listed off last week, Matt. Chad Cool looks like he could be up for grabs from the Rockies. If Dave Dombrowski is not on the phone with the Rockies during the All-Star break, I will be very confused because that's another team that like has so many rental players that if you get them, especially pitching, if you get them out of cores, I'd love to see how they play. And Chad Cool, 
seems like a very like equal kind of thing to Joe Blanton was in 2008 in a sense like it's not like going to blow you out of the water going to trade for a big name guy like a Frankie Montas or something like that but if you can get Chad Cool as an expiring contract he'll be a free agent after the year go get him to be like your number three number four I would love that move for the Phillies yeah um you love you love Rockies pitchers I love Rockies pitching that is just your type you have a type and it's a uh, usually a bearded man from the Rockies. I <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is your peak male performance. Uh, that is that is my aesthetic. Um, but they're they're another team that I feel like everybody in baseball should be calling. The Pirates are another team that people should be calling. Um, and you know, like you said, that that middle ground of baseball this year is just so even almost that. The trade deadline is going to be crazy for the first time in a long time. Uh, taking a look, though, at our favorite thing to look at, Matt. It is the NL East uh, and baseball run differential brought to you by our pals over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, including the season-long NL East run differential prop that's over there right now. Playpickup.com. You rack up points on your fan profiles by getting those props correct. It's free to play. Anybody can play. And then you cash out those points for prizes in the pickup marketplace. Go to playpickup.com now and start playing those headlines. They get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Matt, the New York Mets still leading the way at 55 and 34. They're kind of coming back towards the means a little bit. Not crazily, but, you know, they're not as hot as they were in April and May. Uh, but they still have a plus 74 Wait, hold run on, differential. Hold on. Did you say the Mets? Did you say the Mets? As the season going along, starting to cool off. I, that does not listen. That does not track with the history of the New York Mets baseball team, Kyle. That's crazy. I saw I a video. That's so out of character for them. I saw a video on Twitter the other day that I have to send to you. Uh, it was people just doing like a man on the street interview at, at City Field, and they were talking about you know what's the best part about being a Mets fan. It's like going through the highs and lows, and you know. Building, building up with the team and, and building connections, and then they ask what the worst part is, and the guy goes, uh, "May to September." <laughs> yeah, uh, well, here's the thing about highs and lows: got to be some highs at some point, right? Like, you know, winning, <laughs> I think would be would be a nice high to get. So, I don't did know. You also, <laughs> plenty did you of also lows. Plenty of character a lot of there. A lot of stuff. Very, very questionable tweet today, too, by the Mets. I don't know if you saw that. It was making the rounds on Twitter. Uh, I guess whenever Eduardo Escobar hits a home run, they call it a Fogo bomb. Um, I'm sorry. And <laughs> they changed the O's to the Apple. Uh, obviously, that's like the Mets shtick. And it just kind of looks like they're censoring letters. <laughs> I just looked at it. <laughs> Oh my God! Come on, someone has to be at the wheel there. (laughs) 
I saw oh, that tweet man. this afternoon and I was my jaw was on the ground. That's tough. You know what? Just don't do it again. <laughs> That's an internet 1.0. Like you read the replies on there and you just get a good laugh. Yeah, you get a great cool. laugh out of it. Uh, oh man. The Mets, baby. Those New York Cicadas, they are at a plus 74 run differential. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are at a plus 68 run differential, sitting two and a half games out of first place in the NL East. Our fight in Phil's at 46 and 42 at plus 53. Still hanging Remember around. Remember the Phillies won like 13 straight and made up no ground on the Braves? <laughs> so goddamn stupid. It's ridiculous. The ever annoying Miami Marlins at forty-one and forty-five, still at a plus-one run differential. They're hanging in there. They're committed. They say this one this year's for Jeter. Jeter for those who've lost along the way. And then that stolen franchise, the Washington Nationals, at thirty and fifty-nine, sitting at a whopping minus one forty-four, which I believe is it is, it is still the worst run differential in baseball. By actually a, a pretty decent margin, too. Um, yeah, pretty decent margin still. So the only the the closest is the Pirates with a minus one twenty four, and yet they're eight and a half games better than the Nationals this year. Nats have just been getting crushed. The Pirates and the the Marlins are the biggest like weirdo run differential like questions in baseball the marlins are below 500 still have had a positive run differential pretty much all season and then you have the pittsburgh pirates who have been just bad but still hanging around in the nl central at minus 124 and then the teams below them are not even like close like the the cubs are at minus 71 and then the cincinnati reds are at minus 95 pirates what an enigma the whole state of pennsylvania actually Keystone, baby. Keystone. Something about the fracking, I think, is really thrown off the uh, really thrown off the vibe. Uh, Matt, since the last time we recorded together, James Harden has done the thing. He has signed the deal. It's a one and one. Shout out to Sixers Adam. I was not expecting it to be a one and one. I wasn't sure how Daryl Morey was going to approach it. Um, I feel really good though that this was the outcome of the James Harden contract. Yeah, so uh, taking a slight discount, nothing uh, nothing insane, but you expect that, you know, once he either opts out next year or at the end of two years, going to get a, a nice nice big contract. But, um, yeah, it's it's a little bit team-friendly in that way, which is nice. It allows the Sixers to have some flexibility. Uh, it doesn't seem like the Sixers have many moves left this offseason. Um the league in general has kind of just been plugged up by the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving nonsense. We do now know that apparently Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz are at least listening to offers on Donovan Mitchell, so that could be another kind of gear shifting. Who's at that white party with uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden, Matt? Very right. There we go. And, you know, I think we reported that first. After. Just kidding. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, um so the, the league in general, I think, is kind of, uh, you know, and you see it at this point in free agency, too, where um, I would say, too, it's, it's hard to see teams making tons of trades now uh, because I think 
GMs and the front office fall in love with the team that they've built. Um, not to mention that, you know, now cap space has uh, evaporated a lot more. It's, it's the reason you're seeing a tough resolution to the, the Andre Ayton uh, situation, right? Because there's only so many teams that can even afford uh, to, to send him a, a qualifying offer. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, kind of just slowed down now while see these, these big moving pieces, I think, have to be resolved before maybe we see something like the Sixers, you know, adding a French piece. But, um, yeah, I would like to see them add a wing if we can still. But, uh, you know, I, I think as the days go on, you start to, to lose a little faith in that happening. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. And I think this has just reaffirmed a lot of trust from Sixers fans in Daryl Morey, where like he didn't go all out and, you know, give James Harden the giant max contract. He didn't tie us down cap wise. I think a lot of Sixers fans like took a like nice sigh of relief in a sense, knowing that Daryl didn't, you know, cap strap this team for the next five years because his guy is here and wanted to, you know, have him here long term. I think Daryl made like one of the smartest moves, arguably, of his career by doing that because it gives the Sixers a team that has not really doesn't really have a lot of flexibility in terms of, of trades because of all the draft picks that they've moved. Um, and, you know, just roster assembly over the past couple of years has been a question. I think this move, you know, is, is very smart by Daryl Morey and, has reassured a lot of people that Daryl knows what he's doing. Yeah, I you know I think we've we've made our jokes about the Rockets retread uh, a lot this offseason. I think there's some valid criticism there, but um, you know I I would take Daryl Morey over a lot of GMs in this league. So I think he's still a, a very smart and talented guy. Um, so I, I'm happy to, to have him and James here too. I think I think Harden. You know we 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 saw I think the best and the worst of him. In, in so many ways last season. And, you know, we, we've seen what I think we all knew was there, but we're a little afraid to admit, which is that sometimes in the playoffs or sometimes he can have these these moments, these nights where he's just not as effective as you want, not as aggressive. Um, and yet you see these flashes. We saw it even in the playoffs. We saw a few games. It's like, this is just what we need more of. Um, you hope that this offseason and going into the next year, you get that, like, really reinvigorated James and, you know, you think the Brooklyn situation was as, as toxic as it was. I think, uh, you know, that was bad for just about everyone involved. Um, you hope that that's just like far behind them. And yeah, it's it's a good it's a good deal for for the Sixers. I would say his his re-signing, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens in the future with with his contract there. But um, yeah, there there's still hope. I would say that you can maybe add another piece this off season, and that would be kind of rounding out what you've done. I think overall it's been a positive, like a net positive offseason. Has been amazing. Hasn't blown the doors off of anyone, but I think it's it's been good so far. And I think 
Mike Levin said this on the right to Ricky Sanchez, like worst case scenario this season, like goes up in flames. It's not great. Trade deadline. You have Tobias expiring. You have James Harden expiring essentially. So there's pieces to move at the deadline. If the worst case scenario happens and you have to hit the reset button at the trade deadline, there are big contracts that you can kind of alleviate yourself from and kind of, you know, figure things out if that does arise. Yeah, uh, LeBron and KD on this team uh, next year after we trade trade uh, James and Tobias expiring content. That'll be nice. And then a couple more basketball topics. Did you see on the Summer League broadcast, I think it was the Warriors and the the Celtics, J.J. Redick said that Philadelphia is the best sports city in the the country. Okay, J.J. Well, maybe you should have stayed here. I don't know. Uh, and then apparently WNBA is uh, getting pretty hot in the streets that Philadelphia might be one of the next expansion cities. Yeah, it's, it's kind of surprised me that Philly wasn't a team from the beginning. That uh, Philly has shown time and time again that no matter the sport, there's always a following here. Um, WA in, in, in general – the WNBA has, has gotten more and more successful and popular over the years. Uh, I can't see it being anything other than than at least a, a mild success. You know, like I, I really think people would be into it. I would love to have as literally every league, every every professional sports league, no matter how small the sport or esport, whatever. Um, you know, I, I'd love to have Philadelphia have a hand in all of it. So I would say it's it's kind of been coming you know we we should have had this uh, a while ago but um i would be said that they have a WNBA team in philly for sure and you already know we'd be covering it here so if you're <laughs> yes. interested in the WNBA, like hit our lines and get in early uh because that would definitely be something on our docket uh speaking of you know rabid fan bases matt the union uh today full full-time acquiring uh julian carranza from miami uh you said before we started recording, he was on loan, full time here now. Uh, how would you rate, you know, him being here now full time? What it does for uh, this union team? Yeah, I, I would say his time here has been pretty good so far. Can't forget too, he's twenty two years old, so plenty of uh, plenty of room to grow still within his team. The union have kind of on the fly retold this attack, and now you have Gazdag. Uh, Ura and Carranza all kind of uh, playing very well, I would say, in, in the last few weeks, and, and they've, they've chipped in in different ways, and we're starting to see, especially, you know, you have two uh, new signings there that, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to bet in. He's a good signing. You know, he just had a hat trick the other week, so it's very hard to <laughs> to really poo-poo. It was funny, you know, we were talking about, uh, we were talking a little bit about that last week, and I was like, yeah, they played DC United this week, pretty crappy team. You should be good. Seven nothing win. Like, just I mean, one of the. There's somebody that the union tweeted out tonight on their Twitter uh, that they have a union jersey. The nameplate is DC United, and the jersey number is seven. I mean, it was. I mean, it, should, it could have been like ten or eleven. That's how uh, lopsided that game was. But Kranz is a good signing. Um, again, you know, we we've lost Santos, we lost Shabilko, but. Uh, we've turned profits on them, and if you look at the way Shaboko has played this season, I think uh, a lot of Union fans would say, "Kind of glad that uh, that we've we've moved on from that." And I know Santos, there was some, um, I think there was some negativity around that. I, I think there's some some head scratching. Uh, I I think 
the union have earned a lot of credit and a lot of uh, leash with me on they know how to make these smart decisions on the on the periphery and on the edges and and come out on top. Um, I know people and I don't necessarily disagree with this are upset maybe at not spending the bigger money on signings, but the fact that the union have been able to get to where they are and continue that success uh, while not spending you know big stupid money is really impressive. I think it speaks to the process that you have here that, you know, you're able to develop talent and identify talent uh, in a big way. And, and I'm really, I'm really happy. It's, it's funny too, because Carranza, uh, now he's available to play tonight against Miami. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's a really fortuitous uh, turnaround there, but um, it's a good signing. You know, we'll, we'll see what else uh, the union get done. We're losing Stuart Finley. It uh, seems like in this transfer window too. So maybe a defender coming in. Uh, we'll see how that that fills out, but um, you know the goal scoring is is the only area that I think you'd say that this team can improve on, um, and I think that's more uh, just something as the season goes on, and we've already seen it to some extent. Uh, you know that that you're going to see just better cohesion on the on the front end. So I'm excited. I, I think that the union are really trending towards a, a positive direction. I think this is a team. This is a team. The union are the team now that no one wants to play in the playoffs. Like just the the ugly way that they make you play um and how uncomfortable they make it for opposing teams it's it's not a i would say a fun experience playing the union right now yeah and i mean i would say even just as a casual you know union fan right now like union have one of the best home field advantages in all of mls yeah it's it's certainly up there you know um i wish we had like a portland expert portland i think is is Probably it for me. I, I think Portland is just like the tops. Uh, they, they do a lot of things right. I think um, they're fantastic. Uh, LAFC, too, I think has, has a good job. But, yeah, Philly, fantastic. It, it's, a, it's a great day out, great stadium, great atmosphere. Um, and, yeah, you know, you're, you're right in, in the thick of it, too. Uh, still sort of uh, chasing the supporter shield. Going to be tough. Uh, you're going to have to make up some ground there. But, you know, as, as far as seating in the East, you know, the, the union have put themselves in a good position, um, you know, at this point of the year to be chasing that top spot. And we've seen that home field advantage has mattered, uh, especially to the union. So, you know, it, it's going to be an exciting, you know, as we're turning towards you know, kind of the second half of the season. You know, I, I'm really excited for, for where this union team goes. And I've been looking at the, uh, the schedule, Matt, and I feel like we got to get to a game. Uh, this summer obviously i've only been to uh subaru park to cover the pll uh when they have the playoffs there never been to a union game uh and you brought up casper obviously uh you know chicago and the union playing on august 13th might be yeah. might be underground sports night at the union uh tickets looking kind of nice i think they'd be a nice night out uh to catch the union so We'll let you guys ex, know. Uh, ex Liverpool manager and Shakiri too for uh, for Shakiri. There it is. So. <laughs> uh, so the Union get after it against uh, Miami, and you know they just continue to be like we've said time and time again over the past you know three or four months, the epitome of the the gold standard of how you want your sports team to be run, unlike the orange and black. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you already last time, know. It? 
I think that's how it we always goes. Like, like, we went like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Before we get into them, just to remind everybody, I am live from Episcopal Academy for uh, Shootout for Soldiers Philadelphia event. Uh, they are currently playing right now. I'm up in the press box and Shootout for Soldiers. Their mission is to use lacrosse as a platform to support American veterans and foster community engagement started by a group of high schoolers in Maryland in 2012. Shootout for Soldiers has raised over $4 million to support our nation's veterans and Shootout for Soldiers events are an opportunity to educate and connect the civilian and military communities while fostering empathy and understanding. Matt, Johnny Gaudreau does not look like he's coming home. The Flyers have signed one of the biggest shitbags in the NHL, and they release a fan favorite. They buy out Oscar Lindblom. Claude Giroux's going home to Ottawa, and this team just seems completely dead no sense of direction. Uh, they did draft the guy that President Pump, your brother, claimed they would draft. And uh, it just seems like the Flyers have zero intention of competing. And it seems like they just don't know what they want to do with this team now. And it stems back to what everybody has said time and time again. Chuck Fletcher just sucks at his job. Yeah, I mean... Chuck Fletcher, the day he got hired, I think there was already valid criticism about him and, and why he was uh, over this position. Um, I didn't know much about uh, D'Angelo. Uh, I didn't real. I didn't know about his like character issues in the past, and um, you know, I just saw people complaining about uh, that and, and about the fact that he just also isn't that good. <laughs> you know, it's not even like one of those things where it's like, okay, you signed this scumbag, but it's like Deshaun Watson, right? Where it's like, okay, like terrible person, but you know what? Like, at least you can see how someone with like sports brain rot is like, well, he's going to win this game. You know, like that's it's for what you traded to get him too. It's not even like so often these guys are like, well, you're just taking a flyer on him. He's on a minimum deal or whatever. It's like, no, you gave up like pieces to acquire this guy. That's kind of insane. So, um, disappointing like all the way around uh and i i, I you know what i hate the uh oh, it's like he's a kid he's just grown and he's just grown so much as a person and all this and needs a second chance and you know like if that's your opinion fine i don't agree with it uh, i hate the other fans should feel that white type of thing right where it's like you're telling someone else that how, how to feel about a situation um i i can't stand that i can't stand the the like the weird moral high ground yet you're not actually taking the moral high ground when you defend a guy like this um it's so strange to me like i don't know man maybe the dude just sucks <laughs> maybe his family just sucks i you know like 
His dad absolutely sucks. His dad absolutely sucks. Uh, You know, it uh, makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you that much. But not everyone has this, like, redeemable arc. Some people are just bad. Some people just suck as people. And you don't want to root for them. You don't want them on your team. You don't want to pay money to go see them as part of your team. Um, The Lindblom stuff right after, too, just feels like all the good parts left. (laughs) Like, it just really feels like the air being let out of the balloon and – it's it, like read the room, you know. <laughs> like I think is is really uh is really what it is. But and it also makes sense that Tony D'Angelo's from uh, Sewell, New Jersey, as well. Yeah, wow. the hoity toities of Washington Township, baby. Um, they do that. They bring Justin Braun back again uh, today, and then they sign uh, another player from the Oilers. Who every single I I don't even know who the guy is. Never heard of him before. But every single person I follow on Twitter that's either a fan or covers the team pretty much uh, the way we do, quote tweeted it and said, what the fuck? Because it's a four-year deal, like a ton of money for a guy who just seems like he's not that good. And then on top of that, you know, you're not getting Johnny Hockey, who has wanted to play for the Flyers since he was a kid. And it looks like he's either going to the New Jersey Devils Oh, the Blue Jackets confirmed? I believe I saw a news article. Um, it's, a, it's a report. It's not, you know, official. Because um, yeah. I did see this afternoon that uh, the Devils and the Islanders were very much in the mix. Yeah, so this is... Um, Apparently, according to Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, uh, Coach of and Star agreed to sign a long-term deal to join the Blue Jackets, but nothing. Uh, I don't think anything has been like really confirmed yet. Uh, seven minutes ago, ESPN, Johnny Gaudreau, seven years, nine and a half million dollar average annual value with Columbus, uh, confirmed to ESPN. First reported by Sportsnet. So yeah, Johnny Hockey's okay. going to Columbus. So stupid. And then a uh, friend of the program, my boy, Ethan Levy from Gotham Sportsnet, huge Islanders fan, uh, just tweeted, Johnny Gaudreau's wife on the 10-hour drive to Philly while stuck in traffic with a screaming toddler. Ah, home sweet home. I um, I don't know why the Flyers were in on him. Uh, here's, not that he's not a good player, but I've, it's so hard for me to understand what the Flyers are doing right now. Um, in Like, in one way, they're bad and then another way they're trying to pay to somehow be good they're calling it an aggressive retool what does that mean it means you're bad (laughs) like aggressive retool means not only are we going to be bad we're going to get rid of all the things that can help you when you're bad like draft picks you know we're going to trade all this stuff away and be worse and on top of that not even own like our future now (laughs) It's just, it's bizarre. Yeah, the team makes no sense. A lot of people are finally, you know, opening their eyes and taking the orange tinted glasses off and realizing that this team is just bad. And the only way you can really, like, show your disdain is stop going to games. Stop giving them money. Like, yeah, they're still going to get theirs because the Flyers are owned by Comcast, obviously. But this team has shown 
you know, I was talking to a couple people today. Like the Flyers have not been really relevant since like the early 2010s. You know, there was the nice little run in the bubble. That was a nice little, you know, treat. And then it ended abruptly. But this team has not given you any reason to support them for nearly a decade. So why? My, my question is why to people who are continuing to go and, you know, support this team, whether it's at games, buying Mert, whatever it is, like this team has not earned or warranted your support whatsoever because they truly just put it out there. They don't look like they care about winning. Yeah. I, the, the direction of the Flyers now is uh, it's hard to pin down. And I think it's, it's hard. It's hard to defend too, I would say, because there's no, there's no clear line of thinking with what the Flyers are doing. I think that's what's even more frustrating, at least for me, is like, I, I, I couldn't tell you where they're at right now. And I think the, this like limbo that you put fans in, I think makes it even worse. You know, like when the Sixers are bad, right? It's like, okay, we suck, but at least we know there's an idea. The Felix, we're going to be bad for a few years, but we know that this is building towards something. The Flyers are just bad with no clear sense and the, the people in control are not ones that you trust or not ones that you have at least like you know clentac at least at the time was like okay let's it didn't work out but let's let's see what this guy has you know it was, it was a new fit chuck fletcher came in with tons of baggage to the flyers team and uh has done nothing i would say to unpack any of that in fact he might have just be adding more to it at this at this point and it's insane like Every other team right now, you could say you kind of trust the direction that they're going in, even the Phillies. Like they have Dave Dombrowski in the fold and you know what he's about. So you can kind of get on board with what you kind of expect to happen at the trade deadline this year. They spent money this offseason. The Eagles have notoriously, you know, you 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 hate Howie Roseman for a year or two and then he flips you right back. And right now the Eagles are riding an all time high. The Sixers, Daryl Morey. People trust Daryl with what the direction for the Sixers is right now. And for the Flyers, there's been no clear direction, I think, since Ed Snyder passed away. Like, they they truly just don't know what they want to do. They don't know what they want to be. The Flyers have an identity crisis, if you will. Um, and it's a, it's a shame that they're wasting the, the prime years of the best goalie they've had in franchise history in decades during this time. Yeah, it's uh, very frustrating. <laughs> that's that's really all you can say. But we might we might once hockey season gets closer, we might just have to you know run rampant on social and and pick a hockey team to cover this year because the Flyers simply are not cutting it. Oh man, well yeah, I walked past the uh, the Blue Jackets Stadium, so maybe maybe we'll be uh, Columbus is like second home to me at this point. So they got Johnny Hockey, they got Jake Voracek. Yeah. You know, it's nice about them. It's, you know, there's pros and cons to every stadium situation, but there's just like downtown. So it's like a nice, like, sports arena district. Uh, pretty, pretty cool spot. Yeah. Columbus, you have just made the list of potential teams we'll be covering this fall for hockey because the orange and black are just a giant black eye right now in the city of Philadelphia. Um, that's all we got for you guys for this episode make sure you're following us on the socials at underground phi on twitter instagram follow matt on twitter at matt castorina follow me at kbizzl 311 
Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. This weekend, too, by the way, on Saturday, we will be on location uh, for the third annual Jamil Demby Youth Football Camp. Uh, so if you're in the area, come hang out. We will be there uh, supporting our guy, Jamil Demby, with his football camp uh, and getting the wheels turning as football season right around the corner. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking to Jamil. I'm sure he'll be on the podcast a bit. So subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Uh, leave those five-star ratings and reviews as well. It really helps the show uh, and more people finding Underground Sports Philadelphia. Enter our giveaway, our pinned tweet on Twitter uh, to win the issue number 22 Wolverine comic with the Brian Dawkins variant cover. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You get an extra entry into the giveaway. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia and you uh, hit the like button, click subscribe, click the bell icon, all that good stuff on the YouTube. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, the Dental Wellness Center of Finland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades, Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their information and our promo codes and links are linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. Make sure you use our promo codes uh, to help support our sponsors that support us. This has been episode number 446 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, live from Episcopal Academy. Shout out to Shootout for Soldiers for having us. And uh, we will catch you guys later this week. Uh, for the weekend show, and then back in studio next week, breaking all things down with the fills. Hopefully, some trade rumors swirling, and uh, hopefully, Kyle Schwarber, you know, doesn't mess up his swing and wins the home run derby. But for Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, we are signing off. Peace. Oh,